if you need a Bible, we have a Bible here. Um, you guys should head out for the kids, go hang out with the kids. If you have version, you can open up your version and follow along. Uh, we're, we're doing that right now. Uh, the passage today is, is 1 Peter. We're in chapter 4. We're going through verse 7 uh, through 11. And we just ended this song. Can I shut this? Is that all right? We just ended this song, um, Oh, How He Loves Us. And, and these verses right here, I can't, I mean, they, they, they jump off the page to me of how much God loves us. Um, last week was a lot of fun as, as we went through the first six verses of chapter 4. And we're going to go through verses 7 through 11 today. So um, let me just go ahead and read it. This is what it says. Follow along on, on your Bible or whatever. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Man, this word, we're using it a lot today, aren't we? (laughs) Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. All right, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is, this is what I'm going to title it today, okay? It's a better title than last week because that was a little catchy. This week, we're going to call it Love. Love. So God can be praised. Okay? Love so God can be praised. I want to give us the context here. Um, here's the, the context of 1 Peter, just so we know. We've talked about this. We've been going through 1 Peter since when? January? So we're about to finish. Wow! It's only like half a year in one book, 1 Peter. Here's the context of it. Peter is writing this, okay? He's writing 1 Peter and he's writing 2 Peter. And if we know historically what happens, three years after he writes this, what happens? He gets killed. He gets he gets um, killed by Nero, which is the emperor of that time. And Peter is so in love with God. He's so in, in love with him. He he wants to honor him so much that even in his death, Peter says, uh, "Don't hang me on the cross like my Savior, my King, the one that I love. Don't do it like that. In fact, if you're going to crucify me, do it upside down." And so he loves him even to the point when he's dying. He's like, I want to honor God even by dying. And so we know that he dies because of these words. That's, that's pretty solid that Peter would die for these words. Um, I, I have a feeling that if this, these were just made up and conjured up in a story that I just wrote one day because I was bored, when it came to the point of dying, I'd be like, ah, false, I made it all up. I'm joking. But Peter dies. And this is one good way that we can tell how many people have died for the Bible. Um, uh, kind of the context of First Peter is this, kind of a, like a theme is this, strength to choose suffering over sin. He's writing to Christians because Christians are starting to suffer and they're starting to get persecuted. And Peter writes and he says, I'm going to show you how to have strength and, and, and to choose um, obeying God versus choosing sin in the easy way. Uh, so that's one context of First Peter. Nero is, like we said, he's the governing body. He's in charge. He's persecuting Christians. And I got to think more and more today in America, this is starting to happen to American Christians. Um, we don't get a lot of persecution right now, but there's people in other countries that die even if they hold a Bible. And I've got 16 in my house or something. 
you know? I think America more and more is going to get persecuted as your Christians, and so we should cling to 1 Peter and 2 Peter, because these are words. Here's a map for us, guys, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yahoo! Uh, um, this passage is kind of like this, especially these verses right here. Okay, I think Peter, when he's writing this, he's so excited. He's all over the place. He's got ADD. I mean, he is. He has so much zeal and so much passion when he's writing these verses that I want to kind of read it like I think maybe he, he, he kind of intended it in that time. This is my translation. If you don't like it, then oh well. Okay? But this is, I think he's so excited when he's writing these words that this is kind of what it sounds like. Okay? He's like, hey guys, the end is coming. Like, seriously, it's coming. Be, be, be clear-minded. Be self-controlled so you can pray. And then he skips to another complete topic, okay? And he goes, oh, above else, I guess I want you to love each other. Love each other deeply because, man, it covers over all the sins. It really does. And, and offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And, and whatever gift you have, serve each other faithfully and showing each other God's grace. And if anyone speaks, oh, if you speak, then do it as one that speak in the very words of God. Oh, and if you serve, if you serve, do that with the strength that God gives you to serve. Do all this so that God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Like this is how I think Peter did it. That's just the way I read it. You can choose to read it however you want. I'll tell you this over and over again. My job is to stand up and, and, and speak truth, and speak it boldly, and to pray and to study on your behalf. Your job is to take it and to go and study it and read it and hopefully fall more in love with scriptures because we gather every Sunday. Um, <laughs> can you hear in these verses the angels singing? Do, do you? Do you hear joy in these verses? Like, I think when Peter was writing this, the angels are just sitting there going, wow, humans, you can have a relationship with God that's just so full of love and so much hope. So when I read these now, it brings tears to my eyes because there's so much love. In a world that's full of hate, we can escape to these verses and smile deeply and get goosebumps in these verses. Okay, I want to pick apart a couple things and we'll go through it fast, okay? <laughs> but here, here's what I want to start at. Verse 7. I really think that he's ADD here because I tried my hardest to tie verse 7 with the previous verses and even the verses that follow, and I can't. But I just, I just can't. I'm like, it feels like Peter's talking, and then he gets to verse 7, and he's like, oh, okay, makes no sense, but it just popped into my mind. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And then he moves on to a completely different thing. Study it. If you can, if you can tie them together, then please let me know. Because I was praying hard for like some huge insight on how this all ties together. And verse 7 is kind of like its own, its own, it's like, here it is. ADD in its finest form, right there. I want to, though, in verse 7, underline clear-minded and self-controlled. Because I think about this, and, and, and I think it's here for a reason, especially for me as I was studying this this week. It's here for me for a reason. Because it's so easy for me to get too focused on the things of this world. It is. 
It's easy for me to go, God, I want to spend time with you. So I grab my Bible, and five minutes later, I'm up, and I'm going about my hobbies, or I'm going about my list. And it was just like one of those quickie things, you know, like, all right, God, we got our time in, so that's good, you know. It, it, it's easy for me to do that. I really cherish those moments, those precious moments. And I had one this morning where God was just showing me some cool stuff. But those precious moments that are really, really quiet, those precious moments where it's just me and none of you are there. Those precious moments where it's just God speaking to me and the Bible jumping off the pages to me. I love those. And there's so much thought that happens and so much reflection that happens. And I got to encourage you, if you're not reading your Bible and you're not spending time in it, do it. Because you, you'll get addicted and it's going to be really cool and it's going to be confusing and frustrating and it's going to be hard. And God's going to love you all the way through it. Promise you. But I, I read this, clear-minded and self-controlled. And, and I have to ask this question. Because it says, if I'm clear-minded and self-controlled, I can pray, right? It says, therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. So let's ask the reverse of that. Does that mean I can't pray if I am clouded and out of control? Does it mean that? You know what? For me, it does. What is praying? Praying is talking to God. It's not like God's sitting there and you're going through your grocery list, your Christmas list wish, like, God, I want a new house and heal me. and all that, blah, blah, blah. It's not that. It's communion. It's talking. It's conversation with God. It's finding out His heart, who He is. And so when I think about this, if I am not clear-minded and I am not practicing self-control, if I, my life, if I am just out of control and my mind is clouded, I don't know that I can listen to God. Like, I can sure talk to Him for sure. But am I listening to God? So I just want to ask that question. If our lives are out of control and our mind is clouded, can we truly hear from God? Well, yes, we can. But you get what I'm asking here. I want to move on because that was our first message. Because it was verse 7 and I feel like it stands alone. Okay, let's go to verse 8. Uh, we go to verse 8 and it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And I want you to underline, love each other deeply, of course. Deeply, if you translate here, if it's translated, it means constant. And so what it means here is keep love constant. The word deeply. Keep love constant. Does constant end? Is it ongoing? When you think about it that way and you read it that way, keep love constant. Well, how do we do this? We imitate the love of Christ. That's how we do it. Because we know Christ loves us. And His love has never failed. It will never fail, as we say. Okay? His love is constant to us. So if we are going to love each other deeply, what does that mean? We need to imitate the love that Christ has already shown us. We need to see that example and run after it and go for it. Because it's the most beautiful example. It's the, it's the purest form of love there could possibly be. I think about this, and I think of Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. And so you can jot that down if you want it. But this is kind of what it says towards the end of those verses. And I pray that all of you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep is the love of Christ. His love is so big, sometimes we can't even understand it. But He is the ultimate love. So when we hear love each other deeply, our goal, our desire is to love like Christ loves us. 
I think about this in the context of, of um, parenting. <laughs> I, I, I think about this because when we grasp His love, we can begin to imitate His love. Does that make sense? When we understand how much God loves us, we can begin to imitate that to everyone around us. And I think about this in parenting specifically with my girls. That we kind of have a little ritual, and, and there's there's times throughout the day, or you know, whenever, just I don't know. I, there's moments where I'll grab it. I mean, I'll grab their face and I'll make them look at me. And now they got this down, so they know this mushy dad thing's coming, right? And, and so my girls, I'll stop and I'll look them in the eye and I'll say, you know what, Zoe, I love you. Like I I, I love you so much. And I want to lock eyes with them. Like, you, let's lock eyes here. I love you so much, Audra. And, and Audra, I'm so proud of you. And I'll go through lists of why. Not just, I'm proud of you. But I'll go through, you know, reasons specifically why I'm proud of my girls. This is parenting, right? And, and what's my goal here? My goal is that as they grow up to be women that are chasing after God, they'll know how much their dad loves them, and they'll know how much Jesus loves them, and they'll begin to imitate that love. That one day, they'll have kids. That one day, they'll go and they'll be with friends, and they'll say, I love you so much, and I'm proud of you so much. And one of the things I do say at the end of that is, you know, girls, I really like being your dad. It's a lot of fun. As parents, we get this. We know what it's like. We want our kids to follow in our steps. Jesus Christ here says love each other deeply. How are you going to do that? Because I've already shown you how to love. It's easy. Imitate that love. Woo. I need a sound effect here. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'll point to you, Edith, for more sound effects, okay? Um, So, verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Underline covers over a multitude of sins. Fact of life. You will be wronged by me. And I will probably be wronged by you. Welcome to being human, right? That's a fact of life. If we love each other deeply, constantly, like Jesus is asking us to do right here, I get to show you grace, and you get to show me grace. And the only way we can do that is because we know that God has shown us grace. He said, you deserve death, but you're not going to get it, because you called on my name, and I'm going to give you my grace. And you're going to know how much I love you, regardless of what you do or don't do. You could be the worst drug addict in the world, doing all this junk in the whole world. But I love you. And you can never escape that love. And so when we grasp that, we get to show each other grace when we wrong each other. It covers over a multitude of sins. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jonathan Almanzar and I, um, he's, he's one of, a lifelong friend of mine. I've known him since third grade. Uh, we've written three books together. Um, we got married around the same time. We have two kids about the same age. We lived in Mexico together. He's down in Pueblo starting a church, probably speaking right now, just like I'm doing. Our life has paralleled so much, our whole life. I mean, he is a really, really good friend. He's the best friend that I've ever had. This is Jonathan Almanzar. He's wronged me before, and I've wronged him before. And my dad has given me advice that has just resonated throughout all of time, and he probably got it somewhere else, but it's this. Refuse to be offended. Refuse to be offended. 
It's not going to do any good when Jonathan offends me that I pick up a fence and run with that. We have too much history. We have too much in skin in the game. We have too much. Refuse to be offended. It's also been said, forgive and forget, right? Our love cannot forgive sins. I love Jonathan, but my love for him cannot forgive sins. You know that? Ultimately, it can't. He's done wrong. He deserves death, like every single one of us. Our love can't do that. Jesus Christ, His love for us can forgive sins. Literally, can forgive sins. The best I can do is imitate that love. And as powerful as I can love you, I cannot ultimately pay the price for sins that you've done. Only Jesus can do that. So if we're to imitate God's love, we walk around and we try our best to refuse to be offended. We try our best to love constantly because God loves us. And ultimately it's this. If we love, it can, it can and should imitate how much God loves us to everyone else, which will resonate in their heart with how much God loves them. Let's go to the, the, the next part here, okay? Gifts and love. I, I, I want to go to verse 9. Let's read all of verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Verse 10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. I want you to underline gift right there. We've all been given gifts. Uh, We all have talents. Darian and I have already been talking about as a church of how can we organize you know, a class or something where we get to come together and learn some of the spiritual gifts that we have and learn our design that God's given us. Because all of us, we're completely different. Like, I'm the best looking guy here by far. And, but, but that's not a gift. That's just a fact. But, but there's, there's gifts here. Sorry, Carl. Whoa, dude, that's like dagger eyes. Okay, that wasn't funny. Yeah, all right. But we're all talented anyways. God's gifted us. It is true, okay, in, gift, in, in different ways. Uh, my grandpa uh, has started many, many churches, and he lives here in Greeley. And some of the very first advice that he gave me was this. Is my job as a pastor, my job, and our job as a church, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Okay, my job is not to go and, and, like on Friday, paint all the building and do everything and, and, you know, go counsel everyone and do everything all the time. That's not my job. My job as a pastor and as your lead pastor is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. That's my job. If I fail in that, I have failed miserably. Why? Because I'm only Aaron. I'm only this talented. But you... You are talented beyond belief. So if we can help you discover what those gifts are, and you get to do the work of the ministry, watch out, Greeley. No, no more. Yeah, there we go. Watch out, Greeley, because we're all walking in the gifts that God's given us, and God has gifted each and every one of us so unique and so special. I mean, perfect example today, a living example today is this. Rich is sitting here playing. I'm speaking. Lauren's with the kids right now. Um, that's just how the body of Christ works. 
Jeremy and his band is in Ordway, Colorado, playing right now. Rebecca, remember Rebecca? Okay, Ring, I don't know where she's at, but she's out loving the world, loving people somewhere across the world right now. Um, Jared and Carl, they handle our money here because Jared aced his CPA exam. Like, it's incredible. Carl's banker guy, like, talented. You don't want to see me with finances. Like, we all have gifts, and it takes all of us. This is how the body of Christ works. Right? It works. We've heard David speak here. Very talented, very gifted, very anointed. This is how the body of Christ works. So we've been given gifts. And in verse 9 and 10, what I pulled out of these is these gifts are to be used for love. And they're to be used to do the work of the ministry. Let's go on. Verse 11. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Underline, so that in all things God may be praised. Oh, this is good. But I want to back up just a little bit into the verse before that. Because there's two words that are so easy to jump over if we're reading. And it's very words, okay? Underline that. Very words in in the verse before Because what Peter is saying is he's saying, if you speak, you should be using your gifts and so in love with God that when you speak, it's like the very words of God. It's not your words. And and when you serve, it's because God has given you the strength to serve. It's not you trying to do this on your own. It's, it's, It's saying, don't try this on your own. You need God. And why do you need God? So that in all things, He may be praised. I think of Matthew 5.16. And this is what Matthew 5.16 says. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and what? Praise your Father in heaven. That means God's gifted us. He's loved us so much that when people look at us, they should say, Maggie couldn't do that. No way. It had to be God in Maggie. So from here on, something to think about. Maybe just close your eyes and kind of reflect on this even. So from here on, be content in who God has created you to be. Determine that we won't find our worth in what we do or don't do. We will seek God and receive His love. From here on, serve each other until it hurts. And like we've said before in Hebrews 10 24. May we spur each other on to love and good deeds. We should be up at night thinking about how to spur each other on to love and good deeds, caring for each other. From here on, look at all the gifts we have in life. I mean, we have our health, 
our wealth, our time, our talents, all these minute things in our life that are gifts. And we will let everything beg the question, how do I glorify God in my relationship to everything? My talents, (coughs) my life, my cup of coffee. Everything is a gift of God. So how can we take everything and glorify Him with it? Let me read these once again. My prayer is something will jump off and just really show you how much God loves you when I'm reading this. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.